Okay, we are on our second class, um, describing, talking about the Maimer Yisav Zayar and the Um We discussed yesterday. We discussed yesterday the idea that in order for a person to become great, he has to make himself little. And we discussed what that meant. What does it mean to make oneself little? And we ended up with the discussion on the idea of how of how kedusha is all about bittel and achdus, and klipa is defined by by yeshus and separation, which means that oh, and one more point that we brought that is very important to bring out that in order to have a relationship with Hashem, <coughs> to make oneself into a relationship with Hashem. A person has to have a relationship with people around him, right? You can't have this, oh, I'm a godly figure, and in fact, get into all these fights with everyone around you all the time. So that brought us to the point that said, okay, so what is really Kedusha? And we said that Kedusha is, come sit over here, come sit over here, Alex. Come closer, you're so far away, where do you have to be? That Kedusha is the idea of Achdus oneness, unity, right? And when you see in your life that you are bouncing into people, bouncing off of people, you know that things are not aligned the way they need to be, right? So what we ended up yesterday talking about is this idea that by looking at the events that are happening around you, you're able to see where I need to change, where I need to work. It's very easy to say, oh yeah, that guy over there, He's the guy that needs to change. He is such a jerk. He is such a not nice person. He is such a this. He is such a that. Right? All different adjectives that could describe him. But really the point is, is that all those adjectives that I'm using to describe him, I should be using to describe me. Because if that's what I'm bouncing into, then that's the energy that I am giving off. And Hashem is reflecting it to me to be able to show me where I need to work. Okay? Let's go weiter in the Mimer. Uh, we are uh, two-thirds of the way down the page, where the first row of the line is Vizchalkus. By the period, it says like this, Vizehu Masha Amar Yaakov, Yeshli Kol. This is what Yaakov Avinu said when he said, Yeshli Kol. Now, at first glance, when you see the words Yeshli Kol, you know, it sounds pretty arrogant. I have everything. What do you mean you have everything? Like, uh, come on, a little humility here. You know, what, what is that about? You, I have everything, right? Lushen, however, it's a Lushen Hiskalus. But if you look at the word better, you recognize that the word really means it's a language of Hiskalus. It's a language of all-inclusiveness. Yeah? The Midas B'nai Adam Hu Midas Histapkus. And the way it expresses itself in human life is in a way of histapkus. Now, what's histapkus? Histapkus means... I'm going to grab a tissue. Histapkus means... Histapkus means that a person is satisfied. A person is satisfied with everything. A person is happy, he's grateful for everything. Whatever is around him, he's happy for. 
excuse me. The like the the Mishnah says in Pirkei that who is a happy person? A happy person is a person who is happy with his life, the Chelko. Now, the Mittler Rebbe, again, in this Mimer that we, we referred to yesterday, when talking about Sameach Bechelko, he says, what does that really mean, Sameach Bechelko? That it means that he's Sameach Bechelik Elka Mimal Mamish. What is he really happy with? The only thing that he really needs to be at the point of his center of his life, happy with, is the fact that he has a piece of Hashem inside of himself. That that is the greatest simcha. That is the greatest simcha he could have. And in fact, when a person recognizes, when a person recognizes that that is, that is the greatest thing that a person could have in this earth, greater than any material thing, greater than anything you could possibly imagine, and he lives with that energy, he lives with that idea, that that's what makes him so grateful and this is the idea of histapkus. Histapkus means that he is grateful for what he has. The Esav, what would be the opposite, right? Esav. Amar yeshli rav. Esav, on the other hand, says, I have a lot. What does it mean, I have a lot? Lushen yeshus. It's a language of arrogance. Ribui v'pirud. Rav is from the language of ribui, multiplicity. Yeshus, right? Pirud, separation, right? Everything is different. Everything is a, a lot, a lot of this, a lot of that, separate, separate, separate. When midas bene adam, who midas his nasus, his pyrus. And when we're talking about human beings, how does it express itself? It expresses itself as being, I am better than you. I am better than this. I am better than that. I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy. I'm lifting myself above everyone else. He's not just from the word noise, this week's parasha, to lift up, lift him, lifting himself up over everyone else. Habam is chusalev. Now, where does that his nasus come from? From chusalev. Chusalev means like I find myself perfect. In other words, where does the his nasus or the arrogance come from? The arrogance comes from I'm not going to change myself because I am perfect. Now, in truth, the idea is that we are perfect. We're perfect because the Abishter gave us a nephshel keys, and in that way we are perfect, right? But it's not perfect, and therefore you are wrong. It's perfect because this is the way Hashem made me, and I'm looking at myself in ways that I want to change and make myself even more aligned with my nephshel keys. Not perfect in terms of I'm perfect and therefore if you're coming at me, you're the one that is wrong. I'm going to fight with you. Yeah, Tyler? What? He's, he's Pyrus for the word Tiferis. Tiferis, like I'm like, look how great I am, how beautiful I am, how wonderful I am, right? That's how many of us walk around. Even though really on the inside we're feeling like there's something missing. Someone that's walking around, you know, it's just like so great usually feels very empty on the inside. Right? If you ever see like a, like a really great um, uh, professor or doctor, they wind up expressing themselves in a very humble way because they're able to. They're, they, feel very, they feel confident with what they do and therefore they don't have to show themselves up to be better than anyone else. 
person who's not confident in who they are usually has to prove to everyone else how great he is. So that way he can, so to speak, build his confidence. Right? So he's relying on the people outside of him to make himself greater. Masha Enkin, someone who is like we recently, I recently met a very, a very great doctor. And you can just see the humility in him. It's just amazing. It's like confident in who he is, but very humble. Not like sticking himself in your face or anything like that. Very, very, very impressive. As is im gut oifen hartzen. He's like so like pleasant in his own heart. Like he feels himself like all. Yeah. So therefore, by Yaakov, Hagam, even though when counting how many souls were coming down to Mitzrayim, right, we know there were 70 souls that went down to Mitzrayim, Ksiv, Nefesh. It says Nefesh, which is Lashen Yachi, which is a language of a singular language. Whereas Esav, who had six, Ksiv, Nefashos, Lashen Rabbin. By Esav, who had only six souls, when recounting the story in the Chumash, it uses a language of plural, plural, nefashos, right? Because, again, what we're talking about here, what we're centering in here is kedusha is achdus, kedusha is togetherness, kedusha is the idea of getting along with everyone around you, right? Klipa is the idea of separation, division, fighting, right? Everyone is in their own corner type of idea. So the idea of Yaakov and Esav is that Yaakov, we know, is the world of Tikkun, right? And Esav is the world of Tohu. The spheres that tell you how you that we know the spheres of, of Tohu are known as branches that are separate. That the idea of the Midas of Tohu is that they couldn't handle one the other, right? We know that the whole story is, right, as the Seder of Ishtalshul has happened, right, when we went down after Timsum, Ak, right, the Oilamas Ainsov, the lowest of those, uh, one of the lowest of those worlds was the idea of Tohu. Tohu was the concept that there was too much light, too little Kali. What does it mean, too much light, too little Kali? That each of the Kalim wanted so badly, was pulling towards Hashem in such a strong way that it didn't want to give space to anyone else. Chesed wanted Hashem so badly, it didn't want to do the job of Chesed. It just wanted Hashem. It just kept on sucking more and more and more and more and more and more light until it exploded. Then came Kavura, same thing. More and more and more and more and more and more and more until it exploded. Next, Deferis, more and more and more and more until it exploded. It didn't want to do its job. Right, I remember, probably I must have been in like first grade or second grade, right? I remember playing, uh, I don't know if I played shortstop or second base. It's like a vivid memory. It's incredible that I remember. It's probably 19, must be 1971, 72, something like that, right? Long time before any of you were in the world of consciousness, but you certainly were out there somewhere. We know that we're not coming from nowhere, that's for sure. So... The idea was that I remember there was a ground ball that was hit to me, and there was a guy on first base. So I went and ran, grabbed the ball, ran to ran to second base, touching the base, and then I started running to first base to try to make a double play by myself. 
And the coach told me afterwards, of course, I didn't make it in time. He said, you have to be a team player, right? You have to be able to touch the base and then you throw the ball to the first baseman. That's the way it works. You play, work together as a team. You don't have to do everything yourself, right? So this is the idea of, of Yeshus in its foremost thing. Yeshus is the idea that I have to do it all myself. There's no room for anyone else, right? I can't trust anyone else. I can't give to other people. I can't just do my job. My job is to play shortstop. So my job is to catch the ball and either tag the second base or toss the ball to the second baseman, let the second baseman throw it to the first baseman. If each person plays and does their job, that's the idea of achdus. The idea of yeshus is that I have to do it all. There's no room for anyone else. There's no, I'm not going to throw it to the first baseman because I assume that he's going to miss the ball. So I'm going to do it. Right? This is, the, this is the flip side, one to the other. So tohu was exactly this concept. Tohu was the concept of chesed did not want to play the job of chesed. Chesed was just sucking in more or ain't so, and more 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 until it exploded. There was, there was, it, it couldn't handle all the light. And then came Gvura and so on and so on. Now what happened to those shattered vessels? We know that those shattered vessels came floating down into Elam Haza, right? And that's what makes up the klipa of this world. All those shattered vessels, which are coming from such a high place, right? They come from before the world of Tikkun. The world of Tikkun is synonymous with the world of Atzilus, okay? Atzilus came after Tohu, and there we had the idea of much bigger kalim with less light. And that proceeded to go down to Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya. The broken vessels came down, and they are the expressions of Klippa in this world. So the things that we see in this world that are so you know, rotten are really coming from a very, very holy place. They're very, very holy sparks, and that's why it's our job for example, to work on, first of all, Klippas Noga, which is our job to elevate Klippas Noga. That's what we're doing here in this world. And Klippa, by staying away from it, that's our way of working on it. Yeah, Tyler, you had a question? Yeah, I was just going to ask what the, like, advanced systems were. What? The, the like, Zion, Al Zion. Zeh This one after the other. The Midas HaChesed lo savla at Midas HaGvura. The Midas of Chesed was not able to savla. Savla is from the word, we, they have a, a Hebrew word in, in, in Israel that's called savlanut. Savlanut means, to, literally we call it patience, but really it means to be able to, uh, to, to hold on, yeah, basically to handle another person, right? That you're feeling a certain amount of pain, Right? But are you able to handle it? Are you able to can? Are you able to stand someone else? Are you able to be able to work with someone else, or are you lose your lose yourself that you just have to, etc. But midas agvura lo sabla as a midas achesed. The midas agvura was not able to handle the midas achesed. That's why it says, right. Over there in Parashas Vayishlach, towards the end, when it's listing all the kings of Esau, it says, Vayimlach Vyames, which means that it became king and then it died. Then it became king, Vayimlach Hu Ana Emloch. That Vayimlach means, I want to become king. Shekol Svira Haya Behispashtus Gedayla. That each Svira wanted to be in this extreme expression of the self. Shalodnasna Makom Klal. 
Afsharius the Midasulaso, that it didn't give any space for the possibility of anyone else. That's like a person in this world. That's the opposite of the Achdus. The opposite of Achdus is that it's my way or the highway. I don't give any space for anyone else. And I experience it. Hashem, how do I know that I'm holding on this level? When I see that the other person is banging into me. If I have something banging into me, I know that I'm making myself hard like a rock. If I make myself hard like a rock, things bang into me. We're going to see a little bit later on in, this, in, the, in the next chapter, it talks about the difference between a cedar tree and a reed. In the Gemara over there, it talks about the idea of the value of being like a reed as opposed to a cedar tree. Even though it seems like a cedar tree is so strong and so powerful and it's like something we want to resemble. But in fact, a cedar tree, when it's faced by tremendous winds, is going to get knocked over and die. But a reed is able to be flexible in all situations. They're able to flow this way, that way. You could have tornado winds and the reed is going to survive it. Why? Because they'll be able to be flexible. So the same thing here. When I'm always expressing what I need and what I want and my sheet does and this, so what happens is I bang into everyone. Everyone around me becomes my, my point of knocking. My she'enkin, if I fill myself with love and acceptance and caring and, and being able to be non-judgmental of the world around me, all of a sudden I become like that reed. I'm able to flow, flow in the wind, right? I don't have to bump into anyone. It's okay, right? When it says that that it, it broke or died, it, it stands for the breaking of the vessels. Right? That acronym is Shvira Sakelim. The Shvira is the Tohu. This breaking of the vessels, this shattering of the vessels, it was is what causes this division, the klipas. The idea of this idea of period is such an important word because it's really a period of the hearts. It's a separation of the hearts. You could be on the other side of the world from someone else, but on the other hand, you could speak to them all the time on the telephone and you could be very close to them. You could be right next to your chabrusa and you could be like in Australia for all intents and purposes because you're so, you have so many problems with each other. You have so, much, so many issues with each other. Right? Because this is the opposite of the oneness of Kedusha. What does that mean? Because we have to say that the Yeshus of Tohu is the cause of all the seven bad Midos that we have. The Zion Midos Raos. The Zion Midos the Kedusha. The opposite, the seven Midos Raos are the seven opposites of the seven meters of Kedusha. That's how we have it. Right? This yeshis, this feeling of the self, of tohu, is what causes all those bad meters, whether it's talking about anger and jealousy and hatred and all the negative stuff that we have inside of ourselves. They're all stemming from this idea of the yeshis. What we have to say is, how does it express itself in a person? The way this yeshus expresses itself in a person is what is known as sinas chinam. What is sinas chinam? Causeless hatred. 
hatred of another person. You can't stand the other person. Why can't you stand the other person? Because he's here, right? Shehu siba v'makor l'kol aminei ra. This is the cause of all evil. The kol amidos raos, of all the bad midos. The amidos raos heim inyanim pratim. Because when we're talking about the individual midos, these are all individual points. But general hatred of other people is the idea of something that is a general idea. Now where does the sina come from? It's not because of any particular uh, detail. That it caused him some sort of evil. Or he's against you in something. Because then you'd have to say that the sina is because of something. Because he's against you, that's why you fight. Miskoiter mariv means you fight, you argue, you are you know against this other person. But this causeless hatred is not because of a particular detail. It's only because I can't stand the other person. And we see this all the time. Right? Let's, let's talk about it in a, in a subtle way. Let's say, that you are a, uh, let's say that you are a runner. That's an example. Right? Let's say that you are a runner and you run very fast. Right? And all of a sudden you hear about some guy on the other side of the world that, that ran faster than you. Right? So all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, oh yeah, he ran faster than me? No, it was probably because of the conditions. The conditions. There was probably a wind behind him. There's this, there's that. You know, all these reasons why this guy ran faster. You don't even know the guy. Or let's say uh, someone's talking about a, uh, a rabbi who's a great rabbi in, uh, you know, in Los Angeles. And he's a great speaker. You start thinking, wait, what do you mean? It's probably okay. You know, I, they're, they're exaggerating. Like, what do you have against him? He is probably a great rabbi or a great speaker or a lawyer. Let's say you're a lawyer and all of a sudden someone talks about this lawyer in Washington, D.C. That, uh, and you start thinking to yourself, yeah, but let's see how he would do in this case, in this case, in that case. And that. Like, what's your problem? He's not talking about you. He's talking about this other person. But we're constantly judging ourselves against other people. And we are very sensitive to our position in life. And so therefore, in our mind, as soon as we start talking about other people, a lot of times what we do is we cut them down. We judge them. We try to, you know, don't get so excited about this person. Don't get, he's not so great. He's not this. He's not, he has, oh yeah, let's see how he does it. You know, on one foot backwards, you know, with the wind in front of him. You know, like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to put anyone else down? Why do I have to get upset with anyone? It has nothing to do with me. To, why can't I just see that this guy is a great person? This person is another wonderful person. This is, but yet I, I, a person, by nature, they have it inside themselves, this sinas chinam, because in some way this person is taking away from me. And because this person is taking away from me, I, I want to I like, put him down in some way. I want to lower him down in, in, in other people's eyes. Because somehow I think that it's not really a conscious thought, it's a subconscious thought. That by putting him down, I'm putting myself up. Right? That's the basic idea here. So this sinas chinam is this is this cause of all different types of nonsense that's going on in my mind. Right? That I need to 
to change, to go away from. And that's what he's saying here. Sometimes it could even be in a person that you don't even know. You never even met him. You don't know him at all. <coughs> Just that you heard something positive about this other person. Like you heard something positive about this other person, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, is he really that good? Is he really that smart? Is he really that nice? Is he really that? You don't have any business with him whatsoever. You have nothing to do with the guy. Why are you putting him down? Why do you have to automatically think, think negative? Despite the fact that you don't have anything to do with this person, you can't stand him. You hate him. You can't even mention his name. Without getting annoyed, don't even mention his name. Don't don't say it over here. Come on. Because you and if you hear something positive about him, you you knock it down, you take it out of the what? What? Come on, he's not that great. He's not this. Yeah, um, yeah, etc. you cause one. Look at how it's a reflexive verb. Miskas, I cause myself to become angry. And I get myself all riled up. Why are they telling such positive things about this, this person, this rabbi, this lawyer, this businessman, this teacher, this, uh, you know, whatever? Right? Why do they have to, eh, it's not so great. You know, you're, you're making such a big deal out of him. Uh, come on. Is it really that great? Is he, is he really so great? Is he? That's what's going on in my mind. Right? So instead of going out of my way to have the love that we talked about in yesterday's class for every single person and to feel that love and to see him in, in a perfect state, what I'm focusing on is my judgment. And I'm judging him, constantly seeing the negative. Even if I don't know him, I'm going to figure out why I should judge him. And all the more so if I do know him. Even if he has nothing to... I he, didn't, he, he didn't even say one word to me in my lifetime. But yet, I'm going to find, I'm going to judge him. I'm going to find what's wrong with him. Right? That's, that's the human nature that we have inside of ourselves. That's our, um, how should we say it? That's our normal operating system. In what, the, what the Rebbe is saying here is that we have to go beyond that normal operating system. We have to change that normal operating system. How do we change it? We have to change it by actively loving another person, actively changing our way of viewing the world. That's what we have to do. As long as we are on the passive side of things, if we just let things go the way they are, the negative thoughts are constantly going to go in my head because my nefesh Bahamias is mamish on the ball here. Until we start fighting against the nefesh Bahamias to change it. But you can't sit back. You can't sit back and just let it be. You can't just sit back and just say, oh, it'll be fine or whatever. It's, no, because this is the normal programming that I have in me. Right? Just like most people have a negative program going on in their head constantly. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not. Uh, right? It's not going to work out. What's going to happen when this fails? What's going to happen when this? It's, but we have to program ourselves to think positively. Why do you have to program ourselves to think positively if you think about it? 
it should be that that's the normal operating system. We think positive. We think everything's going to work out. We think everything's going to be perfect. We think, but no, that's not that's not the operating systems of ninety nine point nine 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 percent of human the human world. No matter who you are, the human world is operating in a different in a different way. It's negative. It's a negative operating system. You're not good enough. It's, this is the problem. This is going to be an issue. How are we going to fix this? Oh, then if I go here, it's going to be another issue. And, and that's the operating system that our Nefesh Bahami is, is working with. Similarly, when we with other people. Oh, he's a jerk. This person. Oh, do you remember he did this to me? He did that to me. You know, when I was four years old, he looked at me the wrong way. But you're 65 years old now. I mean, does it really matter? Oh, but you should have seen the way he looked at me. I still remember to this day. You know, uh, like what, what are you talking about, right? But this, so, so, the the first and most important point of this whole discussion, and I think this is what the the Rebbe is saying here. We're going to end with this. Is he's pointing out how deeply this is programmed into ourselves, into almost every single person alive in this world today, and. The first thing a person has to do is to recognize that. After he recognizes it, then he could start to change it. But he has to first recognize it. This is the operating system. These are the speakers. These are the, the messages that are going on between our ears 24-7. And it's not that we can't change it. We can change it. We, we, not only can we change it, we have to change it. But in order to change it, you have to be conscious that this is what's going on. And this is how, how ridiculous it is that he says in this line, you never even met this person. You don't even know him. You just heard something positive about him and immediately you want to you knock it down. Like, why? Why do you have to do that? What's, like, what, is it, what is it in it for you to knock it down? Right? So once a person recognizes it, then he could start to work on himself to change that operating system, to change the voice that's going on in his head all day long. Right? Both with regards to how he looks at another person and with regards to how he looks at himself. Right? To recognize that he has a godly soul in him. He's exactly the way the Abishter created him. How wonderful is that? Now, to, 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 to use that as the basis, the aside of his life, and to go from there. All right. We'll continue. God willing. Thank you.